This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Rams Talk episode 11, uh, a part of the Rams Monthly Review show. Uh, We're back, we're very quickly back after being here on Friday for that emergency episode uh, after the takeover was was pretty much officially announced. Uh, I've got three brilliant guests with me today here to talk about actually some football for a change, which is is something nice for for Derby fans to talk about. So I'm joined by Tom Porter. You right, Tom? Yeah, good. Nice to meet you again, Jake. Yeah, good to see you too, mate. Good to see you too. I've got Paul Watson with me. Hi, Jake. Thanks for having me on. Probably the biggest week in Derby County's history. It's certainly my sporting life, so it's a pleasure to come on. <laughs> no worries at all, mate. And, and you're right. It's it's certainly been an interesting few days, at least. And uh, Mr. Tom Souden. Hello, mate. How are you? Hi, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Very good. It's good Just to hear. Taking take, take a break today, but yeah, all good. <laughs> That's good to hear. And we're just going to start off by talking about a couple of players that unfortunately, have, have left the club. Um, we all knew that Malcolm Ebiowe was on the way out. Uh, he was linked to Palace ages ago after Luke Plange put up that nice Instagram story of, of the two of them together, uh, just after he announced his Palace move. So we kind of expected he was going to go, uh, as disappointing as it is. And also Keller Roos, who there's a lot of contrasted opinions about Keller Roos. I won't tell mine quite yet, but anyone that knows me might know my, uh, my thoughts on him. Uh, and he's moved to, to Aberdeen on a free transfer. So Tom Porter, I'm going to come to you first. Malcolm Evioe going to Crystal Palace. It's, it's devastating, but it was expected, wasn't it? Yeah. Unfortunately, it's one of those inevitabilities that I think um, if we were a bit further down the timeline of the takeover being officially announced and, and new owners were in, we could probably have salvaged it, but it was uh, the, the vultures were swooping, well, circulating above his head towards the end of the season, certainly. And obviously we all know the, the contract situations that we've been through. Um, it's a shame that he's gone for, well, for what we guess is probably quite a nominal fee, but um, the issue will be is, is that, you know, Crystal Palace will be a good club for him. Um, we can see him bomb it on and just keep it going. You know, league, league one football for him would have been, you know, a breeze. But 
on the other hand, it's it's just one of those, it's gut-wrenching thing. Because I think he was a good talisman of the year, you know, especially the last season. It's one of those, it's the same with Abacelli, you know, exactly the same sort of scenario with Udinese and stuff like that. But it, it's a massive gut punch, but it's one of those stories where you think that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And it's typical, isn't it? Because when you get good young players through, you want to tie them down to long-term deals. And we've just not had the chance to do that. It's not been an option for us. And, and you know, we've we've come to suffer for it. The likes of Kate Gordon, Liam Delap, as you said, Festi Vaselli's gone because his contract's expired. We've lost Malcolm because his contract's expired. So uh, let's hope that this is the end of that. Let's hope that the young players, the next generation that comes through, and there's a couple of talented ones in there, let's hope that we tie them down to long-term deals as, as soon as possible so this doesn't happen again. But one of the things you mentioned there, Tom, was the transfer fee. Now, it's it's interesting because usually the transfer fee for a player that's under 21 or 23, I'm not sure the rule anymore, it goes to a tribunal and they try and determine the player's value. Now, it's an interesting one because Derby and Palace have, of course, decided to try and negotiate a fee between them. Paul, coming to you now, what would you sort of hope that fee would be? I can tell you what I hope it would be, but I think realistically, you know, even if they they decide to to go it and not decide by a tribunal, we're not going to be looking at more than a few hundred thousand. I wouldn't have thought. Mm. You know, that's the frustrating thing because just going back to what Tom was saying about if we were a bit further on down the line with the takeover, then we might have been able to get it over the line. I really don't. I, a guy with his talent even if we're at the top end of the championship, we've missed out on playoffs, there's going to be people circulating around him. But obviously the frustration is we didn't get him nailed down to a contract. So, yeah, I think you know, a few hundred thousand, I would like 10, 15 million, but yeah, that's not the world that we're living in at the moment. Yeah, I know. And, and that's just the way we've been run in recent years. I mean, you look at other clubs that manage to sell players that you'd say are probably, they're good players, but I wouldn't say they're as good as Evioe and they're managing to get you know, like you were saying there, 10, 15 million for them. And you look at that and you, you see all of our players leaving on a free and it's, it's, it is a bit of a, a gut punch, isn't it? It's, it's not what you want to see. Um, but moving on to the other player that's left recently, as I said before, he's a man who divides opinion. Um, he's been at the club for eight and a half years somehow. I genuinely no idea how he's been at the club for eight and a half years. It feels like he's played for us for about two. Um, Sounds... Keller Roos, I mean, what did you make of his time at Derby? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult one because, like, like I said, he does divide opinion. But I think that when he first came in, he was young. Uh, there was prospect there. He went out on loan. He had a couple of half-decent loan spells at certain clubs and then didn't do it at other clubs. Uh, regarding his contracts, I mean, it always seemed to be in his last last year of his contract he used to step it up a bit and he used to actually put on some really good performances and you think there's a player in there mm. and he did get gradually better and better and better but I do think that maybe the championship mid-table is his level mm. and for us when we was pushing for the play the playoff final I, I was a bit sceptical but then I thought I think it was Wimbledon that we were at. Mm. He ended up coping with that pressure at Wimbledon, and he just he 
he, he didn't seem to cope when it was a, a bigger a bigger playoff final and obviously the mistake happened, knocked his confidence. But as a keeper, and I've seen it in Allsop, even when he made a mistake, it were out of his head. It, mm. it, it were gone. It, it, with Ruse, it seemed to just stay there and he used to make mistake after mistake after mistake after that. Yeah. So I think it's good for all parties, really. It's a fresh challenge for him. We need to move on from players like that. And we need to bring in someone else who's going to be hungry and who wants to w- w- wants to fill that number one shirt now because we don't currently have a keeper. Mm. Uh, but I do think Aberdeen is a good move for him. I mean, we've had Max Logo up there in the past and he's done really well. And maybe Scotland's his grace, where, where he'll survive and thrive. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, yeah I think that's I think that's probably about his level, really. Yeah, I think you're right, and you made a really good point there about the pressure. And it always seemed to be that when he first came back in, he'd have an unbelievable game. Um, you know, for example, Blackpool, Blackpool away last season comes out. He's been in the coals for a long time. Comes in as a stormer, but then the more he plays. And the more he plays, and as you said there, once that mistake starts, it just gets in his head. And once he makes that first mistake, yeah. the mistakes keep coming and they keep coming and they keep coming. And I guess, you know, you said it's a good move for both parties, um, but you did also say that, you know, you'd, you'd take him at mid-table championship level. Are you a bit disappointed that he's gone ahead of us being in League One? No, because, again... Uh... It's, it, we're not, without sounding really um, arrogant, we were a top championship club that was pushing for promotion. Mm. We're not now. Obviously, we got relegated. But <laughs> the team the team that got relegated shouldn't have got relegated. Mm. Uh, it was only because of the minus points that we actually did get relegated. So it, we, we want to be pushing on. And I don't think the pressure of our crowd and our fans would would help him at all I don't think they have helped him I mean a lot of fans I mean I've been to a, a load of games where the fans have been filed to him mm. uh, and it's just not fair on the, on, on the lad he's not a bad keeper he's just not a great keeper yeah that's that's how I'd describe him uh, and he, he doesn't deserve a lot of the criticism mm. um, but he does deserve some of the criticism because as a keeper you've got to hold your hands up and you've got to you've got to improve on certain aspects of your game which I don't think he did that very well yeah cross crossing being one of them mm. yeah yeah I think you're right and and Paul did you have something you wanted to say yeah I mean Tom, Tom covered it there really but I was just going to say I don't think it really matters what level Derby are playing at I think his race is run at Derby and I think like you say on his day he's a very good keeper but as soon as that first mistake comes in I think the crowd at Derby and the history that he's had at Derby with the playoff mistakes, you know, that's what gets in his head and he never seems to get it back again. I think he thinks that he's probably better than League One level and actually on his day, he absolutely is. Mm. He just doesn't have his day enough or consistently enough for us. So as Tom said, it's a good good move for both parties and a fresh start, hopefully with a decent new number one for us. Yeah, I mean, that's what you've got to hope, haven't you? And I mean, kind of moving on to more of the takeover stuff, um, David Klaus has officially made the official preferred bidder. Um, he's, you know, already done more than the last preferred bidder by actually putting some money in. Um, you know, the last preferred bidder is he's, he's watching a lot of tennis at the minute, I'm sure. 
uh, ruin the mistakes that he's made. Um, but I've heard Nadal is very good on clay. It's it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, you look at David Cloud, he's come in, he's put the money in. He's also inherited a team that has five players. Uh, and the players came back into training today for the first time in a few weeks. Uh, and there was one player there that's quite interesting, actually, because his contract expires in just a few days. Colin Cousin Richards. I mean, who knows if he'll stay? Tom, I, I just saw your reaction there on camera. He, uh, he, he, he visually celebrated that. Um, I mean, I'm guessing you want Cousin to stay. I think he'll just, yeah, I don't know. It's, for me, he's a character signing. He's obviously the king. Um, and he's uh, he's one of those guys that I think if he stays fit, League One will be all right for him. I think Championship was a bit too much of a, a run, mm-hmm. um, if I'm fair, if I'm honest and fair. But he's good on his day. He's good, and I think obviously he's the, he's an old hand. So I think uh, any of the youth that is going to come through, I'm, I'm happy with it. You know, yeah. he's, he's happy to train his son. So let him train the young lads from Derby as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> Long live the king. <laughs> <laughs> and and Sauds, you had something to say there. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm all for the Kazi Richards. <laughs> even, even if it's just a, a one or two year deal until he wants to retire because the, the guy is a big influencer and he will... For me, Rooney was a big influencer and that's why we got playing how we did and I think he matches that and I also mm. think he could be one of them nasty people that will tell you how it is in the changing room if you were 1-0 down away from home at a, a, a lower league well a lower club in the league I could say we are lower league now <laughs> no a lower, a lower club in the league <laughs> uh, and, it, and the performance in there he'll be the one that will point fingers and he'll, he'll have a go but they'll also be the one that will put an arm around you and, mm. and and I think we need that. We, yeah. we really do need that. So I think I'm all for that. Even even if he doesn't play much, yeah. And hopefully, he brings his mate Bradley Johnson back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that'd be good, wouldn't it? Um, and uh, and you know what you're saying there, he's he's a great influence to have around. His experience, I mean, he's got sixty odd caps for Turkey. You know, for a player of that experience and that caliber to 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 be playing in League One would be great. Obviously, we don't know how how realistic that is, but. You mentioned someone interesting there. I mean, Bradley Johnson. Uh, recently, they they had a a bit of a public chat, didn't they? And and they both said they wanted to play with each other at some point uh, in a footballing capacity, anyway. Um, uh, <laughs> and yeah, in a footballing capacity, anyway. Um, I mean, could that be at Derby, Paul? Would you would you take Bradley Johnson back? Uh, no, not personally. Although, obviously, we're not in a position to really be picking and choosing. I think, yeah, he could do a job. Uh, he's he's the right sort of character for, for a League One battle. But I personally, I'm not one for, for looking back and getting people in. You know, it didn't exactly go swimmingly for him the last time he was with us. So, like I say, we're not really in a position to be picky. So, if he did arrive back at Moor Farm tomorrow, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be unhappy. If we see new faces, then it obviously means that we're progressing. So, I would prefer us to be to be looking a bit lower down the leagues for some up and coming prospects, but yeah, it depends what uh, what pond we're we're fishing in. Well, that's exactly it, isn't it? And I think it all depends also on the management. 
you know. At the minute, we currently have Liam Rossini as our interim manager, which is great. If he's made permanent, that's great. If someone else comes in, that's great. But we just need someone soon to be a permanent option. Uh, I've I've seen a few things about how it was an administrator's decision to have Rossini as manager so far. Obviously not saying that David Klaus wouldn't want him, but it's just to keep things ticking over whilst things are going on in the background. And it makes total sense with all the players coming back in today. So it, it's interesting that he's doing that. But what's also interesting uh, is I heard a rumour today, obviously we don't know how true it is, but it seems a bit too out there to be to be false, I guess. Uh, Liam Bridcut is a player that allegedly trained with Derby today. Obviously, we don't know how true that is. I'm not going to claim it's true because I have absolutely no idea. He's he's certainly an interesting player. I mean, he's proven at this level. He's had problems with injuries. Um, Souds, what do you reckon? Is is Liam Bridcutter played one at Derby? Um, I'd rather have Bradley Johnson. <laughs> uh, I, I think... I, I don't like to make assumptions on players because we're we're a club that seems to turn players around. Mm. Uh, from what I gathered, Liam Bridcut didn't really do much at, I want to say, Splinkin that he were at. Mm. Um, he, he, uh, but at Forest, he didn't do much either. However, Ince didn't do much at Forest and then he came to us and we sold him for £10 million. Mm. Same with Vidra. He came, he had a good season, sold him. So players seem to fit with certain clubs. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I'll, I'll be all for him. If he puts a, a Derbyshire down and shows the, the quality that he has got, because he's a, he's a good player, mm. uh, then, yeah, there's, there's no reason why we shouldn't uh, entertain players like this. I mean, we need, like, like Wayne said, 40-odd players. Yeah. So we need as many players as we can get at the moment. I'm not I'm not saying that we shouldn't look around for players that are, are going to progress in the future, but we do need a core of experienced players. Uh and also looking for your middle aged players that are gonna be more physical for League One. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- uh, I think that's right as well. You know, you mentioned before about you know, how, how we were looking at a couple of older players. I mean, you look at last season, we had players that were either under 21 or over 35 and there was no in-between. And we do need more players that are sort of in the peak of their career, at the middle of their career. So I, I think you're right. And, you know, Liam Bridcut, who knows how true it is, but I think he'd be an interesting signing for us. Um, but I do worry that if he does sign, it could mean that um, one of Max Bird or Jason Knight's on the way out. Um, which obviously we we expect, but what do you reckon, Sarf? What are you thinking? Well, I I wouldn't be too fussed if Jason Knight went mm. personally. Uh, I think he's he's a good player. He's an engine. However, if I was going to lose one of them, Max Bird, uh, Max Bird, Jason Knight wouldn't be the biggest loss for me. Uh, I think Max Bird this last season has come on leaps and bounds. Yeah, uh, he, he needed he needed to up his game in terms of passing forward because we knew he can do it, but he was he was young. He was just trying to get a feel for it, and it were always sideways or backwards. Uh, but now he's passing forward. He looks a completely different player, and 
I get the feeling that he actually loves the club. Yeah. As, as, as daft as it sounds, because he's a Man United fan, I think he actually he loves playing for Derby and he loves the club. Um, so I, I would put all my eggs in the basket of trying to keep him mm. and the likes of Louis Sibley uh, and keep them players because Jason Knight's already come out and said he wants to play higher. He, want, yeah. he wants to. Uh, and you know what? He, he, he didn't really get into our squad much at first 11 much last season. So if he wants to go higher, then yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Play we, it's no loss to us. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Tom Porter, this is not... <laughs> uh, you know, we, we spoke about Jason Knight there. Max Bird, Jason Knight, Louis Sibley, they were sort of like the midfield three of the future, weren't they, when they came through? Everyone was like, you know, they're going to be our, our next Hughes Hendrick Bryson sort of situation. Um, Sal's said there he'd be happier to keep Max Bird. I mean, I think I'd probably agree with that. Um, are you in the same boat? On the Max Bird situation, I'd probably say yes. Um, at the threes, the most defensively switched on. I think he, he holds midfield very maturely, the saying that he's quite a young player. Um, you know, I believe there was a quote from Rooney a, a good few months ago now where they had like an under-21s kickabout and they were saying that like Max Bird and Louis Sibley and Knight were in it. Um, and they, they said that they were like the most mature in that. So mm-hmm. it obviously proves how how young the players are that were, are going to come up. But um, Max Bird, yeah, definitely. He, he seems to play above his years, in my opinion. I think um, what... Uh, the other Tom said uh, about Jason Knight was pretty much spot on as well. Um, mm. I think he, he's struggling to get into the team. I don't know whether with Liam Rossini obviously taking over as manager at the moment, an interim, which more than likely might become permanent, um, whether he'll, he'll change his mind. But I, I don't know with the, the team picking previously, you know, Jason Knight needs to possibly push on just to better his career because he's still considering for Ireland. So he's got to think, is League One going to be the standard? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, and yeah, it's getting very confusing having two Toms in here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I think you're right. I think he's probably the one to go. Um, just to change the topic slightly, I was just thinking about something then. Uh, so there's been a lot of rumours recently, and I've had a few people say to me that it's quite likely that... Um, Stephen Pierce, and he said Stuart Pierce. Then Stephen Pierce is likely to stay at the club after the takeover. Um, obviously, he's been, I guess, public enemy number two throughout all of this behind Mel. Um, it's a really weird situation, isn't it? Where you've got you know someone from the previous regime possibly staying. I mean, Paul, what what would your thoughts be if if Stephen Pierce stayed as our CEO? Well, extremely disappointed. I was going to be outside Pride Park on Wednesday waiting to see him with his box of uh, belongings from his death, to be honest with you. Um, I think, you know, one of the redeeming things about Rooney going, from my perspective, was the fact that he was a very much a Mel Morris era. You know, he signed in, it was the last sort of marquee signing uh, from Mel Morris. The same with Stephen Pearce, not that he was a marquee signing, but... To have anything that's got anything to do with Mel Morris still in the club, you know, he was as responsible for the financial mismanagement of the club. To have him still in such an influential position, 
I just really don't think that that would go down well with the fan base as a whole. I mean, you know, we've all seen on on Twitter and in the media the the um, well, let's not say abuse, but the yeah, the mentions that Stephen Pearce gets on the on the Derby County timeline. That's that's not going to go away, is it? If he if he sticks around and he's back in the stands on match day. No, it's it's. It's not great, is it? It's not going to be great for morale, obviously, everyone, or I'd hope that everyone's on the side of David Klaus. Obviously, he's, he's the only one who's put his, his money where his mouth is um, out of all the bidders, really. Um, but yeah, I think it, it would be quite disappointing, wouldn't it, if if Stephen Beers did stay? Because it's it's a remnant of the Mel Morris era. It, it's a person that we'd kind of wanted to see the back of you know wanted to look back in 20 years and go oh that's when all of them left you know you want to see them walking out with a, a box of their belongings as as bad as it is for someone to lose their job I think on the uh you know multiple thousands of pounds a week he earns he'll he'll be okay um but it, it's weird isn't it it's a weird one and I, <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say regarding it because it's just one of those situations where the fans are always going to find a problem aren't they if if there's something from the last regime you know the second the Klaus takeover was mentioned it was all is he going to be Mel Morris number two he's a Derby fan we can't have a Derby fan taking over and now all of a sudden someone that was working with him will come out and I'm sure the the conspiracy theorists will be in will be in overdrive for it but sounds well did you have something you want to say about that yeah so in regard to the Stephen Pearson question uh like I don't, I don't know how. No one knows how much involvement he actually had mm. with everything that went on. He might have known about it, yeah, because it's it's his job to know. But at the end of the day, he does. He didn't have the final say. It was all Mel Morris. Uh, <clears throat> obviously, fans don't like him because he was he was number two, etc. The only disappointing thing from him is that he's not come out and said anything. And you know what? It, when the takeover's finally done, he might come out and say something. Mm. Uh, so I think we've got to wait for that. If he doesn't say anything, then it, to me, he, he needs to pretty much resign. To be honest yeah. with you, because he, he, he can't carry on uh, as as number two in, unless he comes out and, and gives his side of the story so fans can either accept it and mm. move on or... If he doesn't, then they're not going to accept it. And I've seen some horrible stuff for him as well. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's not nice. It's not going to be nice. It's going to be hostile when it comes to the ground. And he doesn't, no one needs that as a, as a person anyway. He's done wrong. He knows he's done wrong. Uh, we think <laughs> it's all under assumption, this. So yeah. we, we assume that he's done wrong. Uh, so, yeah, it may, maybe he, he might go, he might not. It's yeah. all up to the David Klaus. Yeah, it is. It is. And, uh, you know, you mentioned there he's not come out and spoken. I think I remember right at the start of when, you know, administration rumours were swirling and he came onto Radio Derby, didn't he? And, and said, oh, everything's fine. No no need to worry. And then like three weeks later, we're in administration. <laughs> it's like, great. <laughs> well, that, that was true, wasn't it? Yeah, good one. But um, Paul, did you have something you want to say about that? Yeah, just to sort of close that point off, I was just going to say, if if you were in the position that you're taking over Derby County, knowing how influential our fan base is and knowing how much we need to have them on side, they're going to be a massive source of revenue for the club. 
your first decision is to keep somebody in Paris who the large majority of that fan base associate with the downfall under the previous regime, it would, for me, it would make me start to question his judgment at a very early stage. And I, I just, I can't see that happening. I'll be very, very surprised and shocked if it does. I know it's it's a weird one, isn't it? It's a bit of an awkward topic to talk about. And I know we're all sort of, when we're speaking, having to really think about what we're saying because it is a difficult one. I mean, a lot of it's under assumption. Um, you know, we've we've assumed that he had a hand in all of this. I know he went to all the support group meetings that that happened, you know, throughout administration. I know he was also very quiet in all of those meetings. So it, it's it's a weird one. It's a tough one. It's a tough one to talk about. And you lads have done well to to sort of get some answers out of it without uh, openly saying how much you hate him. Um, but, but anyway, back to football again. Um, and I guess we've got a couple of pre-season games coming up soon. Uh, I'm sure it's July the 7th. Um, we've got a lot of young players sort of in the under-18s. I don't know how good you guys' knowledge of the under-18s is. Um, you're all shaking your heads. That's that's not a good sign. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know... It, we, It'll be interesting, won't it, to see who stays and who plays in, in those games. Um, if we were going to pick one player who could stay, no matter what, you could even choose the likes of Christian Bielik or Jason Knight. If you had to pick one of our five players to stay, Tom Porter, which one would it be? Nathan Bird. Ooh, that's an interesting one. How come? Uh, just consistency. He was probably one of our best players of the season last year, in my opinion. Just literally consistent all the way through. Yeah, um, yeah. There was nobody pro- probably within that first team eleven that played at that high level all the way through. He just he rarely put a, a foot wrong. Um, similar to Curtis Davis, I suppose, but I, I don't think we can keep expecting him to play every game. But um, Nathan Byrne for me personally. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a good choice as well. And and Paul, if out of any of our players that are out of contracts, if you had to sign one, which one would you sign? Oh, I'm torn. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I think Lawrence, and it's not because I like him, and actually I'll, I'll be quite pleased to see the back of him when he does go. However, I think. From a from a financial perspective, get him signed down to a contract because he, you know, in our squad he probably attracts the most um, the most value, mm. which would allow us to to really rebuild a proper decent squad in League One. So, yeah, not for I wouldn't want him sticking around too much longer, but I would sign him up to a contract. Slightly, <laughs> uh, yeah, abstract view, I guess. Yeah, no, it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I didn't expect to say to sign someone so we can sell them. Uh, but no, that's 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 clever. Yeah, I know. And as long as there's an anti-golf clause in the contract, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure it'd be absolutely fine. And and Souds, I guess, just to just to finish off, you know, we've talked about players there that we'd like to keep. Of our five players, I mean, so many players to choose from. Of our five players, if you had to sell one of them, which one would it be? Steve Buchanan. Yeah, I think I think I'm in agreement with you. To be honest, mate. The, the the kid for me seems to be trying desperately to get out, mm. and I don't 
I don't understand why. I really don't. Um, because I think he had some involvement with the, uh, the the incident with Lawrence and Bennett, didn't he? Apparently. Apparently. It never apparently, came out, did it? So. He, he never came out, but apparently he had some involvement. So that wasn't a great start. He never really featured with the first team after that for a long time. He did get his break. Uh, and then he had half a decent season. Uh, Forrest wanted to sign him. And it seemed to me like we couldn't sell him because of the amount of players that we had. Yeah. But he seemed like he was keen to go. And mm. then when he's when we triggered a contract extension, he's now seeking legal advice. And to me, that's very poor from a club that's actually giving you first opportunity in professional football. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And after everything we've stand, stood by him with, mm-hmm. it, it's just poor. And, I, and to be honest, I don't want players like that anymore. I mean, if he don't want to play for us, then sell him. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree. It's uh, it's an interesting one with Lee Buchanan, isn't it? Because he had so much promise and he's kind of never really delivered. And, you know, when he's behind Craig Forsyth with three ACL injuries, it's it's probably a sign that it, it may be time to move on. Um, but lads, it's been great. I've got one one last question for all three of you. Uh, I'm probably going to ask this every week until the season starts. <laughs> what position are Derby going to finish in next season? Uh, Tom Porter, I'll start with you. Uh, lower end of the playoffs. Ooh, good choice. How come? What's your thinking behind it? Uh, it's big rebuild season. I don't mm. think we can push for automatics. I'd love to say yes, but logically it's just not going to work you've got like potentially five players having a five aside at the minute yeah yeah like two weeks off of the play uh, the playoffs <laughs> i wish you were um, <laughs> fast forward <laughs> pretty much the whole year already no um the pre-season you know we've, we've got the, the friendlies coming up so yeah i reckon we're going to need to do some serious work and but i think we'll scrape playoffs yeah yeah i'd, I'd hope so uh paul uh, for mainly the same reasons, I'd say probably the lower end of the top half. I think um, the answer to this question will probably change quite a lot over the next few days. Oh, even. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we've got such a massive rebuild to do, which, I, you know, if it is Rossini, I am confident that he can do it. Whether we'll come good quick enough, I think we'll probably make a really slow start and then start to pick up some momentum in the second half of the season. So, you know, maybe if we scrape the playoffs, then amazing, but to be perfectly honest, if we're if we're mid table and still alive as a club and not getting relegated, I'll be blissfully happy. <laughs> that is good stuff. Good stuff. And Sauds? Um I I think playoffs as well. Mm. But it's only because I think that we're a we're, we're obviously a big club in League One, along mm. with Sheffield Sheffield Wednesday. Um and we can attract players, even though we can't offer contracts out yet till Wednesday, hopefully. Um, mm. we, we've got the facilities and we've got the likes of players who probably want to stick and think, well, oh, this is my only chance to play for Derby yeah. for a club like this. And I could get a, a good two or three-year contract. So even if we do go up, I can be playing at a higher level. And I yeah. think that's a, a bigger pulling uh What's the word? Bigger pulling string type thing. Uh, I don't know what the word is. Uh, than other clubs. In that yeah. 
And I think that's that's going to play a big factor in. And also, I think Liam Rossini will play a big factor into that as well. Yeah, yeah, I, really I think do. I think you're right. I think we've just got to hope that um, if Rossini does stay, he can work his magic, and at the same time, we can yeah use our pull. You know, we're a big club in that league. You know, we're a, we're a pretty decent sized club in the championship too. So you've just got to hope that players will will not demand too much of a pay packet because I don't think that's something we can offer. Um, but lads, it's been a great episode. It's been terrific. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, we've we've tackled some hard topics today so uh, yeah cheers lads thank you very much for coming on and um, if you did enjoy uh, please like subscribe listen to more do, do what you want really but I hope you did enjoy and, and thank you very much cheers lads Away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.